With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The wait is finally over. Baseball season is here at last and the excitement continues all season long at DraftKings.com, the official daily fantasy partner of Major League Baseball. Daily fantasy means no season long commitments, just instant cash, instant gratification. Why wait until the end of the season to claim victory when you can win huge cash every day? At DraftKings, it's like a brand new season every time you play. Just select two pitchers and eight position players, stay under the salary cap, and you could be on your way to an enormous payday. Last year, Peter from Colorado won a million bucks at DraftKings in one day, just playing fantasy baseball. Hundreds of thousands of fantasy sports fans just like you have already cashed in at DraftKings. Now it's your turn. Hurry to DraftKings.com now and enter promo code SPREAKER to play for free. You could win part of $300 million in prizes being awarded this season. Use promo code SPREAKER for free entry now at DraftKings.com. DraftKings.com. That's DraftKings.com. The Earnestly Speaking Podcast is a show that is founded on free-flowing conversation and may at times venture into mature subjects. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the Ernest Speaking Podcast. I'm your host, Ernest EJ Christian of NGSCSports.com. On the line with me right now. Uh, th- I-, I can't believe that this has been this long that I have not spoken to you, Jameson. Jameson Wells, I believe, have NBA. Dude, Jameson, back in the days, we used to do a pod together probably at least every two weeks, at least. And that was like like the long term. <laughs> now, now, like, this is the first podcast I've done almost a year. What's up, Jameson? Man, it's been a while, man. I appreciate being back, man. Greatly appreciate it. Absolutely, man. I mean, you've been a busy, man. You're traveling around the country. You watch, you know, credential NBA member. You know, watching a lot of the uh, the great talent on the West Coast, of course, man. How's that going? It's not bad, man. It's definitely fun. I get to see a lot of different games. You know, interact with a lot of people. You get to make relationships with players and whatnot. It's pretty cool, man. It's a uh, it's really good feel. It's uh, it's pretty awesome. You know, you get to uh, get to see a lot of different things. You also get to interact with fans and media people, and you know, everybody's different. Like for instance. Utah, the fans are, you know, very optimistic about the future of the yeah. team and the direction of the team that's going. And you go to Portland, they're the opposite. They're pessimistic. They think the world turns to an end and they don't trust this team or whatnot. So it's very interesting the takes that each city has on their team and the future of their team and the outlook on their teams. It's really fascinating, but it's all, all good fun. The NBA doesn't really sleep. Uh, you know, it has a lot of the storylines every night. It's a good game, especially on the West Coast. You got to get matched up almost every night. So. It's, uh, it's pretty fun. It really is. It's funny, though, what you said about Utah and Portland, though, real quick, because it kind of, if, if you're in those cities, you kind of see the, it, it, it kind of makes sense, because look, if you look at Utah since, since the All-Star break, I mean, they look, like, they look like a playoff team. They're like a team that can compete, at least for a, a, a mid-level uh, seeding, if, if they were played as well the rest of the year. 
Well, it's crazy to say it, but if, let's say if the Jazz would have drafted Alfred Payton or Jordan Clarkson instead of Dante Exum at five, they'd probably be in the playoffs right now. That's no knock on Exum. He's just, he hasn't developed yet, and he's not as developed as all those other two guys are. But if they were going to go a different direction at number five, they may be in the playoffs because the rest of the team is really good. I mean, you know, Gordon Hayward's the guy that his game got better. But the key guy here is Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert, he is, you know, he's a different type of player, man. He's a, He's definitely a difference uh, maker. And it's just seven foot one. And besides his blocks and the rebounding skills, his skill for the game is way better than most guys that are that size. Most guys that are that size are very athletic, but they don't get four assists a game. You know, they don't get, you know, they, make, they don't make the type of basketball type plays he does. So, uh, Rudy Gobert is the key for them. I mean, he's the guy that, uh, going forward, they, they need a better play guard on that team. They need a guy, I don't mind the guard, the guard that they have on that roster with Trey Burke and Dante right. But they need a better guy that can play 20 minutes a game to you know, teach those guys position of being a lead play guard in this league. It's a very, it's a tough position to play. It's a very difficult position to play in a world, especially when you're a younger guy. They need a young, they need an older guy, Andre Miller or Jared Jack type to kind of bridge the gap and, you know, make these guys develop because the talent's there. You know, to, you know, pretty much the forwards in the front four positions, pretty much a situation where, you know what? Uh, next year or two, they're expected to make the playoffs. And if they don't, someone's going to have to go. Well, I rang you up today because I wanted to discuss this uh, breaking news that came up about an hour or two ago before you start recording. Uh, Paul George will be playing tomorrow against my, against my Miami Heat <laughs> tomorrow. We'll record on Saturday, so on, on you know Sunday. Uh, your thoughts on that? I've been very vocal about this all year long, that regardless of how, how well he feels, that I think it's a lost season. And just to, I think you just sit it out, wait until next season, and come back fully, fully ready to go. What do you think about that? Well, I mean, it's good to come back because one thing is you want to see where you're at. Like, that's the thing. You know, people are like, oh, you shouldn't come back, you shouldn't come back. You don't want to go a full season without playing if you don't have to. You want to see where your body's at. You want to see you know, where you are, where you're ready at, where you're not ready. So when it comes back to a full season, so when you have a full off season to get better and develop and get, and get your mind right, get your body right, you know what to expect for the season coming up because there's going to be expectations for the Pacers team. You know, they're still very well coached with Frank Vogel. Um, more than likely, they're going to have people coming back. I, I don't know if Wes is going to come back. I believe he's a free agent at the end of this year. But they have some pretty good pieces on that team. And if Paul George is healthy, they're definitely a playoff team. And if they oh, no, get another yeah. piece or two, and if they wind up with a good lottery pick, I mean, next thing you know, they could be a team that's a contender again. So you just have to be ready. And you have, if, you have, if you're clear to play, if your doctor, if your team doctor clears you, and you want to play, and you're clear to play. You need to be playing. It's it's simple as that. And if no for no other reason, even if you play 15 minutes a night, just get that feel back. Just to get say, hey, he's back. He knows what to expect going next season. He knows where his legs are at going forward. It's a good thing. There's not a bad thing of him coming back. In my opinion, and remember, it's a broken bone. It's not a ligament. It's not anything like that. It's a broken bone. Usually, when broken bones heal, should be ready to go. And I think right now, I don't have it in front of me, but I think the Pacers right now, I think a game back of the eight spot, maybe two, a game and a half, maybe. Um, They're a game well, and a half back of Right. Yeah, and Miami, I mean, look, the, Miami's a walking match unit. Like, I've, I've actually had, you know, you know, discussions, I, you know, that saying that, you know, maybe they should consider just, like, tanking it. <laughs> just because, I mean, you know, considering Wade's health and Wade got hurt again, this, although he might play tonight, um, you know, just because of the situation. I mean, you, right now you have D leaguers filling that squad, so is it even worth it at this point for Miami to even try to get the eight spot? 
It's really not because, you know, my thing with the Eagles is this. I, you want to get ready for next season. So next season, you more if you sign Drogba for Kerry, you don't give up two first-rounders and let the guy go. That doesn't exactly. happen. Uh, so you're going to bring him back. You have Dwayne Wade. You want to get him back. He only has a few more seasons left play at a high level. You want to make sure you get the best out of him for those seasons. So you bring back, you know, Chris Bosh, Lou Alday, bring the band back, Whiteside, get him, develop him this summer, get him a little bit better. You want to improve his attitude because some of the stuff he's doing, you know, the childish stuff, the games and stuff, you want to stop that. You want to get him literally ready for next season because next season, he's not going to surprise me, people. He's not going to be a surprise, not going to be a shot of the dark. He's going to be expected to be a contributor. He's going to be expected to be a good player. So you want to get him mentally ready for that. And uh, that's what you want to focus on. This season, even if they make the playoffs, they're not going to get past Atlanta or the other exactly. It's not going to happen. Yeah, exactly. But if you want to get this team ready for the next couple of years, because with Peach or two here there, they can be a scary team in the East, because the East is not that deep, and we have a veteran team that knows how to win playoff games. You're always in the hunt. Yeah, and, and it's funny. Like, a lot of the writer, a lot of the beat writers here in Miami, you know, Ethan Skolnick, and, and some, even some of the personalities on, on local radio here, like the Orlando Zagari, you know, all, a lot of the guys I follow and I talk to, I'm friends with, they all they were all on the on the wagon of of sit Wade like on Thursday against Cleveland and just whatever don't even why bother pushing it like this you know call the season a, a wash and then like come back next year fully healthy you can have a one of probably the top three or four best top starting fights in the league potentially next year you can have a decent bench I mean I I, I kind of sort of see that but that's not what Miami does Miami is very very you know Pat Riley and Spoelstra those guys they're very very uh, you know stubborn they're very old school they want to push what they can and go from there I, I mean I admire it one on one hand but at the same time full of the longevity factor maybe something to consider well think about it like this you know Pat Riley doesn't have a lot of time left like, he doesn't have a lot of time to sit around and watch rebuilding project exactly he, he, he tried that early part of the 2000s like he's not doing that again that's just not happening <laughs> uh, he's a guy that needs to be a contender now and that's just how it's going to be, if you like it or not. But you need to be a contender. Uh, my whole thing with him is the flexibility issue. Because if you sign Dragic to the, the numbers he wants, with Wade's contract and Bosch's contract, you really have very limited flexibility going forward. And that's going to be the key, because the team just isn't that deep. Uh, and that's an issue. That's an issue when you look in the East. The good teams have a pretty solid bench. They have guys on their second year that you can contribute and count on. The Heat don't have that. And you're going to have to go and find someone that can kind of settle down that bench because, like you mentioned, right now they got a bunch of D-leaguers and really guys that should not be in the NBA contributing on the bench, and that's just not going to get it done going forward. So there's just without any draft picks. You kind of need to find out where can you get some guys to walk the bench to give you productive minutes. Am I wrong for thinking that I'm actually finding this race, even though it's really the worst of the worst? Is, am I wrong for thinking that the, this race is actually intriguing? Like the, well, Milwaukee's in the number six. So seven through eight and, and all those teams in that little mix, Charlotte, Miami, uh, Indiana and Brooklyn and, you know, you know, whatnot. I mean, am I wrong for thinking this is actually a fun race to watch, really? It definitely is because, you know, all the races are always fun. I mean, the, the race gets to the playoffs is always fun. It'll be fun up until game one of the playoffs until, you know, those teams are going into Cleveland or Atlanta, you know, playing against game one versus really good teams, you know, but, the race for the play, the last two spots in the East is definitely fun. It's like every night something different. Uh, it's unfortunate that Dwayne Wade is banged up, you know, because when he was, last few weeks he was actually playing really well at a high level, great. but his body, he just cannot stay upright. You know, that's just, it's, this is what it is at this point. He just cannot stay upright for, you know, long periods of times. You know, it, it's unfortunate. It really is. Uh, but no, it's, it's definitely fascinating. Uh, I prefer, I really want to see the Nets because they're actually, 
they have a big guy that can play. They have a couple of guys that are decent. Darren Williams is an experienced point guard. Right. I think they're probably a better option than most teams because they can, they're actually healthy. I mean, that's the thing. They're actually healthy and they can play. They have some postseason experience, so it'd be a good option to playoffs. I really don't want to see Boston in there. I don't think Boston wants to make the playoffs. They don't need to make the playoffs. Uh, I think the Nets and I think the Pacers would probably be the two best teams if they were to make the playoffs for competition wise. I think those would be the best options for each conference. I kind of think Indiana Cleveland would be a nice little series, though. Seriously. It would be, but it would be kind of unfair because now you're throwing you know, Paul George in the fire like that, and he's not ready to just come in and start checking LeBron and getting switched off in the Kyrie Irving. He's not quite ready for that just yet. Uh, but it would be fun. I mean, you, it would definitely be physical, and you know, Frank Vogel would definitely have a game plan. It would not be easy, you know, for the Cavs. I can tell you that. Uh, but also Brooklyn. I mean, it's crazy as sounds. You know, Brooklyn. You know, they play certain teams really difficult, and. Uh, Brooke Lopez is a guy that's in the contract here. He's a guy that is, you know, he said opt out at the end of this at the end of the season, break me a free agent. And, and don't be surprised if he has a one really good series in the playoffs if they make it. It would not be surprising if they make the playoffs and he has a couple twenty five and thirteen games. It wouldn't surprise me at all. You look at the East, you look at the top of the East. Do you does it feel like to use a is a two team race to you or do you think Chicago really is still a team you you have to look out for? Chicago's the biggest wild card we've had in the playoff, you know, scenario in a very long time because right. back in the day, Chicago just couldn't score. Like, if you got over 85 points, you'd beat them because they just simply couldn't score. Now they still have the same defensive principles, even though they don't play as good defense as they did in the past. But now they can score. I mean, you got Miritich come up and or sometimes starting, give you 20 plus points. You have Aaron Burns as your backup point guard that can get hot and get you 10 to 15 in a game. You got a bunch of guys that are scoring primarily guys now. Uh, so, yes, they are a wild card, but they got to be healthy. And uh, they're, even if Derrick Rose is on the court, he has to play at a decent level for them to advance. Because they have a lot of other different guys that can do really good things. But he has to be on the court playing at a relatively decent level for them to advance in the playoffs. And I just don't know if that's going to happen. But if it does happen with a healthy Jimmy Butler and a healthy Joe Kim Noah and Meritish and Powell, I mean, they're the team that that normally want to face because they're the, they're the unknown. They're the yeah. really big, they're the great unknown at this point because no one wants to get them in the second round and next you know you have a huge series on your hands that you never expected. You don't want that. You want someone to put them away early. You don't want to get them in the second or third round and next thing you know you're in a dogfight because that team could get to, that team could score 110 points in a playoff scenario. They can defend in a quarter or two because they have probably one of the, I'd say, the top three coaches in the league. Yeah, Thibodeau's is great. He, he's, he's amazing, and, and they, they might lose him after this year. Who knows? Um, your favorite in the East right now, right now, is? I'm going to go Atlanta. Um, you know, they're not getting a lot of respect, like but I'm still going to roll with them. I mean, they haven't done anything to lose. That's like they haven't really done anything to lose confidence in people. I mean, they're they're healthy. They've been wrestling players. They have home court throughout. Atlanta's a tough place to play out for God. Not because of the crowd, because... On off days, you got to be in Atlanta. And if you're going to be in Atlanta, it's hard to, you know, black out distractions for role players. And mainly J.R. Smith. You know, uh, you know, big reason why he's played better is he's in Cleveland. I don't really trust him in Atlanta for two or three game breaks if that happens. Uh, but I, I like Atlanta. Uh, and the key thing is this. We got to see if they can take up their get level to another, take their game to another level going forward. That's going to be the key. Can they take their game to another level as the playoffs go, go forward? And if they can, then they'll be right there. They'll be they'll probably call the East. But if they're just the same, you know, the same thing every game, every night, 
we'll see. But I think some of that team's going to have a really good, a really good series if they make it to the college finals. Because they also have a couple guys in contract years. I believe Horford, Millsap, and also Demari Carroll are all in contract years, if I'm not mistaken. So yes. someone's going to have a really good series in the college finals that can possibly put them over the top. And I see them coming out of the East for the finals. I, I, this is what about Atlanta. I, I, a lot of people, I, I see a lot of disrespect to this team. And look, I get the fact that the, that the Hawks and the history kind of plays, you know, plays it out like, oh, well, the Hawks never played in the conference finals, so obviously they're not going to go. Why, why start now? That kind of thing. But I feel like if I'm Atlanta, if I'm Budenholzer, I'm taking that whole underdog thing. Yeah, we're number one seeds, but no one believes in us. Like everybody, people are going to pick Cleveland or even Chicago ahead of us. If I'm Budenholzer, I'm I'm actually using that to my advantage. I'm I'm taking the underdog role here at number one seed. I'm definitely taking that role, and also I'm you know get, taking one step further. I mean, all the analysts out there picking Cleveland, Chicago, it's coming out the East. So I'm you know I'm getting all the clippings, all that stuff. No one really believes the Hawks, uh, but at the same time, the Hawks, you know, nothing's given to you. You guys go out there and take it, and someone out there is going to be an alpha dog and go out and snatch it. And until they do. There's going to be the same doubts are out there. But, no, I'm with you. They're going to play the underdog role. Uh, but it's going to come down to someone having a series that you don't expect. So one of their teams have to have a series that they shouldn't really have. That's kind of a not an out-of-body experience, but something that's unexpected. And if they do, then you know what? They'll probably advance. If they just don't, if they – I mean, they can, they can probably get by playing their game, but they're going to have to have someone take that leap. Someone's going to take that next step into being a, a different tier of player than they, they are normally. So we'll definitely see this is it, what? Lucini pouring from the sky, let's get rich, what? The GK Vance and Sugar Dimes can't quit, what? Now pop the caucus in the Vega and get lit, what? 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 Introducing Phantom of the Dark Walk through my heaven With levitation from reefers Drenching defense And these seven showboating with rugas Flash vines Belafonte digger Let's get forward this work As we confiscate your figures Chasing over brown Levitating Jiki and Ashikis The Lahada car 54 Chasing diamond runners Headed ice band The big chiller diamond Convention Harlem Buck strut Freezing world heights Hollywood Madam Butterfly Let me in your house A pleasure From the knuckle swatch Shadow boxes Catching black eye blue I play the thief What? Sensations at the Monte Gauri Screen and Chiba Fulfilling pleasures in my castle Flow the smoke out The Goss of Vega substitutes When the Dutch is gone The load don't stop Give me shouts It's the season Sartayas Two flayers for swerving No corners We madness to moolah Living with Charlie's Angels on this No smiling with sliding That gets you caught up In the octa Or dead if we're moving It's just like that As we proceed Saturday night special Better take it light You Jaja You're a capitan Quest to the coast The key log wire the chain gang Keep your ears out Hey, this is your boy Davis of BasketballInsiders.com, and you're tuning into the EJ Christian Radio Experience. That's right, folks. It's an experience, not just a show. Shaka Khan, let me rock it, let me rock it, Shaka Khan Let me rock it, that's all I wanna do Shaka Khan, let me rock it, let me rock it, Shaka Khan Let me rock it, let me feel for you Shaka Khan, what you tell me, what you wanna do Do you feel for me, the way I feel for you Shaka Khan, let me tell you what I wanna do I wanna love you, wanna hug you, wanna squeeze you too so Let me take it in my arm, let me feel you with my charm, Shaka Cause you know that I'm the one to keep you warm, Shaka I make it more than just a physical dream I wanna rock you, Shaka, baby, let you make me wanna scream Let me rock it, rock it
Um, I, I don't know if I, I don't know if I asked you this back in November, December, January, that, that era when the season started it was early and young. But where were you with the Golden State? Were you were you one of those people with the Golden State thing where yeah, they look great, but Bogut is 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 the key guy? Were, were you one of those? Well, when I looked at Golden State, I always felt that they were a really strong team. I always felt that they were a really good team. I always felt that. I was never really worried about them. I knew that they'd be really good. I know they'd be this good. I knew they'd be really good. I thought, remember, four of their guys were in the Team USA camp. You know, four of their guys. You know, you had Steph and Clay, obviously, they're on the main gym. But you had two of the other guys, Harrison Barnes and Draymond Green, playing on the select team. And they would play really, very, very well. That helped a lot. No one brings that up. That, no, no one really mm-hmm. talks about that. That helped a lot. And then with everything coming to fruition with Steve Kerr, you know, putting Harrison Barnes in the starting lineup, giving him confidence, that, that helped a whole lot. And that's just something that, you know what, uh, that, that just that confidence and just putting them in a bad position to flow offensively has changed everything. And, you know what, I didn't see this coming. I knew they'd be better. I didn't see this coming, though. Well, so, what, what I find so impressive about this team, too, especially, is that they have, they've had number one seed Raptor for a while now. They, they had a lock on the number one seed for pretty much for, for for weeks. Like, I mean, obviously, you know, officially uh, a couple weeks ago, but, and yet, they're still, they have nothing to play for right now, and yet they're still winning games against quality teams, you know, in, by double digits, you know, you know, they walked to Memphis last week and beat Memphis by like, like 12 or 17, point, where, where it was. I mean, this team, I mean, I, I look at this team, like, and, and the more and more, because I was one of those early in the year saying, yeah, look great, but cause I, I've seen great teams that will fall apart late in the year. Remember Dallas, 2007? Obviously the same same thing. Right. But but this team, though, like I, I look at this team like playing for nothing, and they're still dominating. I mean, I'm wire-to-wire wire impressive. Well, the thing that's impressive to me is this. One, they play really good defense. Uh, yeah. yeah. They, when Bogus healthy, they have like they're like thirty nine and seven when he's healthy. Some something crazy, something some crazy number when he's in lineup or starting or whatever. Uh, but yeah, they're they're very impressive. Uh, and also at home, they just don't lose at home. I mean, they, no, they no. just do not lose at home. And that's something in the playoffs. I always tell people, in order to win a playoff series, you probably have to. If you're an underdog, you probably have to win two games on the road. And in most cases, if you're going against a better team or a team that's higher seeded, you probably have to win two games on the road to win a series. If you cannot do that, you're probably not going to win. I just don't see someone going to Oracle in May or June and winning two playoff games. I just don't see it. It could happen. I just don't see it as of right now. I, I really don't. Look at the West, and, and, you know, in the last month or so, you know, obviously when we were going through the year, we had teams that we thought, oh, this team can make a noise. But realistically speaking, like, I think there's really only two, maybe three teams in the West and I'll give you one wild card. This this for the shot in the dark thing. Um, that I think who are legitimate title contenders. Like, tell, tell me if I'm wrong here. Obviously, Golden State title contender. Obviously, San Antonio with all the experience they have. Memphis, you know, they've hit a wall recently. That you know, they won a big game last night against OKC, but they still hit a wall recently. I'm not sure. I mean, the way they've been playing has been kind of concerning because they're losing games to good teams at home by a decisive margin, which is was very concerning. You know, so I, I'm 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 still riding Memphis a little bit though. They're still in the mix, but the trust is going a little bit. But my wild card, I, you're gonna laugh when I say this though. But my wild card is still Dallas. I still think I know the Rondo thing is kind of sort of you know failing, whatever you want to call it. But 
Rondo's value to that team really is, is, it may come in April. It may come this month, you know, when the playoffs start. Because as you know him in, in Boston, his true value to that team was when he was during the postseason. I still think Dallas is a team that, could, if they figure things out, they can make a lot of noise in the postseason. Well, it comes down to it is this. I mean, Dallas is a team that, when you look at them, they're, they have a lot of names, and they, they do a lot of decent things, but they're just not a team that really scares you. I mean, right now, the best player is either Monte Ellis or Chad Carson, and that's just not going to get it done in the playoff series. In the West, it's just not going to get it done. Uh, Dirk is still a guy that they need a lot from, and I don't know if he can consistently give you a lot in, in a playoff situation. Uh, four out of seven games, can he... Can he produce enough to get you over the hump? I just don't know if he's that guy anymore. And Chandler Parsons or Monte Ellis have never been the number one option on a playoff-type team. It's really different being a number one option in the regular season than being a number one option on a playoff-caliber team. I just don't know if that can happen. Now, one thing I will say about Dallas is this. If they get you know, if they get Houston in round one, that's a winnable matchup. If Absolutely. they can get two-seven matchup, that's a winnable matchup. That's something they should be aiming for. Um, but... That's um, after that. You know, let's, let's say if they get Memphis. Memphis is probably the worst matchup for them because Memphis has a lot of things going for them in the post. But we'll definitely see. I mean, we're a long ways away. My only problem with Dallas is I don't like the, the mixture that they have. I don't like the mix of players they have, and also I just don't know who their who their best player is on that team. Like most of the cases, Miles Ellis, and if that's the case, and he's kind of banged up right now, I just mm-hmm. don't know how far he can go in the West. I really don't. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, obviously, it's 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 a, it's a dark horse long shot. I mean, it, obviously, you go value. You know, if I'm betting the value. Yeah, maybe Dallas. I put some money on the see if it sticks somewhere. But I don't. Obviously, I, I mean, I don't think it'd be in San Antonio. I don't think it'd be in Golden State. Um, that being said, right now your favorite in the West is who? Your favorite? Oh, Golden State by far. Uh, I just think they're a team with the they have the least amount of flaws, and they're a team that has the best home court advantage. It's going to be very very difficult. To go up there, Oracle win. Because think about this: they're going to win a world game in the playoffs. They're going to beat you on your court. They're, yeah. You're not, you know, they're going to get you there. So, in order to beat them, you got to beat them twice in Oracle. And as the series goes on, it's more difficult to do. I just don't see that happening. I, I really don't see that happening. And remember, they're gonna, there's going to be a time where Steph's going to have a crazy game and Clay's going to have a crazy game. So that's two games. No matter where they take place, all they got to win is all they got to do is win two of the regular games. I like Golden State a lot. Is San Antonio and teams capable of beating them? In my opinion, in the West, I think they are. Uh, but my, my fear with San Antonio is this. Eventually, that fourth year, uh, over the yeah. teams that have made runs over the last handful yeah. of years, uh, the Lakers team back in the early 2000s, uh, the Heat last year, Lakers team back in 2011, that fourth year is usually the year where you have problems. No matter whether you run into someone you shouldn't run into, uh, whether the gas tank just isn't there, there's always issues. Uh, there's always issues where, you know what, you just run to the wrong team at the wrong time, and that's it. And it's unfortunate, uh, but that's just kind of uh, how it goes. And it, it, it is, it's a bad thing. It, it sucks sometimes, but that's how it goes. Now, I'm not going to count on San Antonio. We cannot do that anymore. But eventually, that light just does that. It doesn't flip on. That light switch doesn't flip on, whether it's energy, whether it's Whatever it may be, that it just doesn't happen anymore. But it's safe to say, though, you, you you and I agree with each other. You don't. I don't. I mean, I don't trust Houston. I don't trust. Well, obviously, Portland losing West Matthews is a big deal, and lost the Rail right for you know a couple of weeks now. Um, Needless to say, you don't trust those two teams to make any noise, do you? 
You know, if Wesley Matthews was healthy, I would have, I would have, you know, chosen to be a sleeper because they probably would have got the third seed. Probably would have gotten the second seed the way things were going. Uh, but, you know, they, they just can't defend. I saw them the night. You know, they allowed almost 70 points to a Chris Paul and J.J. Reddick back to court. That's just something you can't do. Uh, they're just not considered defensively anymore all the way around. And you, you just can't, you can't survive winning shootouts in the West. Eventually you got to lock someone down. If you try to win shootouts in the West, you're going to, you're going to lose it. And plus they don't have, they're, they don't have the depth you need to survive that kind of style. So, but Portland's window is wide open. They have a window for a few years now. They're not, you know, they're not in a two year window. They have a, Pretty large window, you know, for a few years now. So they'll be okay long term, but this year, I don't like their chances. I think them, Houston, the Clippers are kind of all in the same boat. I think they're all a piece or two away. They're just not ready for prime time. Yeah, I agree with you there, hundred um, percent. And you mentioned Chris Paul. And speaking of Chris Paul, the MVP race. I mean, this is to me. I've been saying all you know all year long. This is one of the most fun race I think I've I've, I've uh, followed probably since '93 with Barkley and Jordan. Honestly. It's up there. I mean, they have a lot of guys they can make arguments for. I mean, Mitchell Chris Paul, when Blake went down, Chris Paul pretty much took the team on his back and played very and well. No and and nobody's talking about that, James. And nobody's talking about Chris Paul. Like, I, 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 and I'm not saying that, you know, obviously the guys on top don't deserve it. I mean, uh, Steph Curry and Harden and, and Westbrook. But Chris Paul is having a phenomenal season. Well, he's had an awesome season. He's, he's that's what he does. I mean, he's going to, this is what he does. He's, that's why he's make case. He's the best point guard of his generation. Because he's been so consistent, so good, so long. He's been so consistent every year. You know what you're going to get. Uh, the big issue with Chris Paul is this, the playoff issue. You know, it's almost yeah. like, you know, it's a big issue until that gets resolved. People aren't going to respect him. But there's been so many other storylines with teams that are better than his. And, you know, and also the situation with Russell Westbrook. You know, that's why he hasn't really been getting, you know, mentioned. But, I uh, know Chris Paul's had a hell of a year and whatnot. But as crazy as it sounds, it is that the Clippers don't make it past the second round. They may go in a different direction, including shocking Chris Paul. Are you serious? I am dead serious. Eventually, you have to look at that team and say, hey, we're not good enough currently constructed. What do we do? Uh, what what direction do we do? You're not going to trade Blaine Griffin away. You're not going to not resign DeAndre Jordan. So eventually, you have to do one thing or another. You either have to, um, you know, you either have to, and the cap, the way the cap is, you remember, you have Chris Paul making $20 million, you have Blake Griffin making twenty. DeAndre is going to be making between probably 15 and 18 when he gets re You still have a whole lot of wiggle room to add another piece. Especially when you have J.J. Reddick and Spencer Hawes making full mid-level exception money. Right. That's a good point there. That's a good point. That being said, yeah. um, the MVP race has actually, like I said, it's been heat, heated up. Uh, uh, if you had a vote right now, who, who are you voting for MVP? Oh, Steph Curry. And the reason why is because his improved play, his impactful play has around the whole team. It's not because, you know, he, he's the best on the best team. That's not the reason why I'm giving. His improved play has made everyone else better. It's made Clay better. It's made Tremont better. It's made Harrison Barnes better. It's made the guy off the bench better. It's made everyone better on the team. It's the reason why when he went 60-plus games, when they won games, uh, you got to get you, you got to look at the guy that's making everything happen. It's Steph Curry. It's funny because, I, I, you know, when it's, all, when it's all said and done, the way, I mean, the way they're playing now, they're going to have one of the greatest regular seasons of, in NBA history. One Top 10, certainly, when it's all wire to wire. Um, and I, I, it's funny, like, you know, like people ask me my opinion on the MVP race. I think if you're going, I think James Harden has the best resume to do it, but I think Steph Curry is going to win it because of the fact that he's more, more, more likable, number one. Number two, 
that team, you, I'm sorry, when your team wins 65 plus games, which is, they're, they're going to do, they're going to do that. Right now they're 62. Um, it's kind of hard to like, you know, ignore that guy. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, and, and look at and then the, the analytics too. They, they, they're not only good, they're dominantly good. Like, they're number, number two in the league in offense efficiency, number one in the league in defensive efficiency, and then their, their win, the win average, the point differential average is over 11. That's insane, Jameson. That's insane. Right. And that's why, you know, it's a different, it's one thing to win 60 plus games and squeak by a handful of them, but they're not, I mean, they're blowing out. Like they're, I mean, the game the other night when they played the Clippers, uh, they were down a bunch early, I think it was like 15 or 17 points. Right. And, you know, they flipped the switch and they, you know, end up winning that game. And a game that really meant nothing to them. They, they could have packed in, lost by 20, gone about their way, you know, who, who would have cared? But they, that way to win that game. And then, you know, Thursday night, they did the same thing. They got up by 15. Suns came back and they finally won the game. Uh, it's, it's kind of crazy, man, but they're just a dominant team. They're the most dominant team right now, but they are, they could lose. I mean, if the jumpers aren't falling, the defense isn't as sharp as it needs to be, they could lose. But as of right now, I'm expecting them to, uh, capitalize. I'd be surprised they did not capitalize. Last time I let you go. Last question. Um, this is the final four weekend. Uh, this pot should drop before uh, tip off. Uh, but uh, you're 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 actually more interested in the, in the draft stock of some of these guys that's going to declare for the draft after this uh, this weekend. Um, which guys are looking at um, you think will make a, a major push of a draft stock to be risen higher? Uh, Justice Winslow is a guy you know, keep an eye on. You know, he's had, he had a great regionals in Houston. Uh, he's a guy that you know he's a wing player with a lot of potential, and they're absolutely looking for it now. If you're six seven, six eight, handle the ball, shoot, play defense. And you do it at a high level, you're the guy that people look for. So he's a guy that uh, he can rise, in my opinion, up to about the four or five range of the NBA draft. Uh, mm-hmm. Same thing with Paulie Stein. If he has a dominated performance and he ends up matching up with Okafor, uh, he's a guy that can probably fall to the top five of the draft. You know, so or rise to the top five of the draft. So you know, it's a lot of intriguing storylines, a lot of different things. You know, the draft always it always has a positive impact. Oh, sorry, the tournament always has a positive impact on the draft. Very rarely do you see it have a negative impact on the draft. It always has a positive impact on the draft. I mean, remember, Gray Oden got draft number one partly because he had a great, great tournament. He, you know, he put right. 22, I think, like 11 or 13 on, you know, Noah and Horford. So he was looking kind of unstoppable at that game. So, you know, the tournament never has a bad impact. It always has a positive impact. So, uh, you know, that's something that I would look at and, you know, be very, very uh, cautious of. And just take a look, because some guys, some of them have a really good tournament, you know, with Decker from Wisconsin. Some of them have a tournament on the final four, get final four, and they're going to rise because of it. Once again, follow James at BelieveTheHypeNBA.com. Um, great, great guys there. Tom Reed, Ben, Yom, Kedeline, and, and James Weld, of course. Um, follow him on Twitter at the, that's T-E, two E's, T-H-E-E, Jameson. Jameson, let's not, let's do this again soon, man. Seriously, let's do this during the playoffs. Um, this whole year-long thing, that's not cool with me, man. We got to make sure this more consistently, seriously. I appreciate it, man. Look forward to it. All right, brother. Take care, all right? You too, man. Appreciate it. All right, be good. All right, man. Be good.
The wait is finally over. Baseball season is here at last and the excitement continues all season long at DraftKings.com, the official daily fantasy partner of Major League Baseball. Daily fantasy means no season-long commitments, just instant cash, instant gratification. Why wait until the end of the season to claim victory when you can win huge cash every day? At DraftKings, it's like a brand new season every time you play. Just select two pitchers and eight position players, stay under the salary cap, and you could be on your way to an enormous payday. Last year, Peter from Colorado won a million bucks at DraftKings in one day, just playing fantasy baseball. Hundreds of thousands of fantasy sports fans just like you have already cashed in at DraftKings. Now it's your turn. Hurry to DraftKings.com now and enter promo code SPREAKER to play for free. You could win part of $300 million in prizes being awarded this season. Use promo code SPREAKER for free entry now at DraftKings.com. DraftKings.com. That's DraftKings.com. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.